The New York Mets have signed Harrison Bader to a one-year deal. How will he fit into their outfield plans next season? I'll talk about it on this edition of Locked On Mets. You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Mets your first listen every day. Locked On Mets is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Little bonus episode for the day as the Mets have signed Harrison Bader. The first segment, I'll break down the good things he brings to the table and also some of my concerns. In the second segment, we'll talk about the Mets' current roster fit if they're done adding position players. Then in the final segment, we'll look at the couple pieces they had that could be options in the minor leagues and how they could still add to the position player core for 2024. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Ficklestein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. You can also find some of my writing at JustBaseball.com, where I work as the managing editor. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right on new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. It's $150, win or lose. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. Well, we've all been clamoring for it, right? The New York Mets have made a major league signing. They have added Harrison Bader on a one year, $10.5 million deal. Now, before I get into my apprehension surrounding this deal and the downsides and how this makes their roster a little bit cluttered. We'll get to all the negative. I want to lay on some positive stuff when it comes to this signing. Harrison Bader is a more established big leaguer than two of the options that we're going to factor into the third starting job in that outfield. He's got more MLB experience than Tyrone Taylor and DJ Stewart. So that alone makes this a good ad. It's, it's a better team. It's another major leaguer. Here's where it really gets good. Defense. Harrison Bader, since 2018 when he became a full-time player in the big leagues, has been worth 66 outs above average in center field. And this is one of the two defensive metrics that we look at to grade out players. If you look at the entire sport since 2018, he is the fourth highest outs above average among all defenders and has the best mark among all outfielders. So based on outs above average, the Mets just signed the best defensive outfielder in baseball. David Stearns has talked a lot about run prevention. I think it comes in a lot of different forms. Obviously, pitching is the best road to run prevention, right? But look at the three acquisitions that his front office has made this year when it comes to the position players. Tyrone Taylor, which we'll talk a lot about because there's a lot of overlapping skill sets here between Taylor and Bader. But Taylor and that trade with Adrian Hauser. Joey Wendell was the first signing. Great defensive infielder. We don't know about the bat yet. And now Bader. Same kind of profile. What the Mets are doing here is they're trying to maybe circumvent the struggles it might be to get a starting pitcher, to to improve their pitching overall, by going for defense. Because if you have Tyler McGill and Adrian Hauser in that rotation, and they're giving up a lot of fly balls, might as well have the best defensive outfielder in baseball and Harrison Bader running them down. And if you got to a point where in a given game it's Bader, in center, Nimmo in left, and Taylor in right, 
your outfield defense is exceptional. That's going to save you some runs throughout a game. Now, the problem is two-thirds of that outfield might not be able to hit in Taylor and Bader. We'll get to all this stuff a little bit more, but I wanted to continue to lay on the good on this one, right? So looking at defensive runs saved, he is at 44 defensive, excuse me, 41 defensive runs saved since 2018 for Bader. That is sixth best among outfielders. Last year, he was worth four defensive runs saved, nine outs above average. He ranked in the 95th percentile when it comes to outs above average. So top five percentile defender in the game. His arm value was in the 82nd percentile. His arm strength in the 91st percentile. His sprint speed in the 85th percentile. This guy's a great athlete. He won a gold glove in 2021. Um, And, you know, you look at the career offensive numbers and what it shows you is splits. The guy mashes lefties, righties not so much. For his career, he's a 262 hitter against left-handed pitching with a 330 on base and a 494 slug. That's an 823 OPS against lefties, a 121 WRC plus. Again, WRC plus measures hitters on a league average of 100, so 21% better than your league average hitter. He has 21 of his 59 home runs facing southpaws, and that's in less than a third of the plate appearances. So again, a lot of his offensive production is reserved to facing lefties. Last year, he hit 299 against lefties with a 361 on base and a 575 slug. It's a 936 OPS and a 153 WRC+. The problem, not good against right-handed pitching. So if you're signing him to be a starter, this is a massive concern because he hit 207 against righties last year, 240 on base, 263 slug, ranked in the bottom 5% of the league in average exit velocity, and the bottom 6% of the league in walk percentage. So doesn't walk doesn't hit the ball hard. And a lot of that's due to the fact that he just got completely destroyed by righties. Now, if they're signing him to platoon with DJ Stewart in left field, a lot of money, but who cares? It's a good ad. They're signing him to be a starting outfielder. It's less of a good ad. And the other problem is health, okay? Because he has missed time each of the last three years. Last year, he played 98 games. You put together his great numbers against lefties, his horrible numbers against righties, it was a 232 average, 274 on base, and a 348 slug. Not great. So uh, that's sort of the mix here. He did steal 20 bases as well. And also, I should note, Pete Alonso put something up on an Instagram, I believe, saying the Diesel Bros are back because the two of them were teammates at the University of Florida. So there's definitely a connection there. Great for Pete and his contract here to have a buddy in the clubhouse. I do think that vibes are important. I think Bader does add to just general vibes. He's a competitive guy who is going to help winning overall. I, I do believe that. I think Bader's a good baseball player. My issue with this signing is simply the fact that it devalues the Tyrone Taylor acquisition because overlapping skill sets in some respects as defensive first outfielders. Now, with that said, Tyrone Taylor does not have these splits issues. Like he is pretty much the same against righties and lefties. I think his career OPS was 752 against left-handed pitching, 742 against right-handed pitching. So he's now your traditional fourth outfielder. And Bader, if he's in a platoon with Stewart in left or even or in left, but you know, as far as you know, I'm, I'm in my mind, Nimmo in center, Martin right. I do think when Bader plays, he'll be in center, Nimmo will be in left because Bader just offers too much value in center to have him sitting in a corner. It doesn't make sense. 
So I do believe that's that's going to be the case. But in that platoon for that third spot, if it's Stewart and Bader, offensively, I like it because Bader is getting shielded from right-handed pitching. But he's also making $10.5 million. And so there, there's that part of it that I wonder about. Also the fact that you know, I thought that Bader wouldn't sign with the Mets because he'd want to go somewhere where he'd be able to play every day. And maybe he got sold on the role. Maybe he got sold on the idea that he's going to be competing with Tyrone Taylor and DJ Stewart. He says, I'm better than both of those guys. I'm going to win that job. And he certainly could. But as I try to put together a lineup for both sides of the plate, I try to find playing time for all these guys. And I also think about the offense in general. If the Mets only had room for one more signing, was this the move to make when it comes to addressing your position player core if you're trying to win? That's what we're going to talk about next before the final segment where I'll get into if there could be a subsequent move to address the offensive side of things a little bit more. So coming up here, we're going to look at the fit now with all the outfielders that are in place. If this roster is as is, what would it look like? Before we get to that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you put a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there's so many different ways that you can bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explorer tab. You can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, which is the best way to find popular parlays. And it's not just the NFL you can bet on. Every night, there are NBA games that are going on, and you can find parlays that relate to those games. You can bet on player props, so you know LeBron James over points, rebounds, and assists. There's a lot of different ways that you can put your money to good use at FanDuel. And also remember, $5 money line bet, win or lose, you get the $150 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Now, the first thing I did when the New York Mets signed Harrison Bader is I went to subtext and I let the Locked On Mets insiders know this is our texting service where you can be in on all the latest when it comes to the Mets. And when it comes to this show, I was preparing for this episode, pulling those stats on Bader, and I was feeding those to the Locked On Mets insiders so they got that inside scoop. If you don't want to miss out on any of that extra coverage on the Mets, find the link in the episode description or go to subtext.com slash Locked On Mets. Now, the reason why I initially didn't love this signing is I thought, what does that mean for Tyrone Taylor? Not to mention the fact that I did a whole show installing Marte yesterday where I said I don't think the Mets will or should add an outfielder. And of course, not even you know 12 hours after that episode goes up, the Mets sign an outfielder. So uh, you know, no one wants egg on their face. I was wrong and I own it. But that's not why I was upset. And then I wasn't even really... I was confused more than upset. And the reason why I was confused is because I thought that Bader was now being signed for $10.5 million to take a role that Taylor could fill. And that's start against lefties, uh, you know, bring above average defense to all three spots in the outfield. But, you know, have maybe a little more upside, further away from free agency, three years of control, cheaper, like all, all those different things that, that came into play. Bader 
while you'd say, oh, well, he's further along in his career, he's actually younger than Tyrone Taylor. Two guys who are very athletic that could break out for one season with the Mets this year. So this, to me, just creates healthy competition between those guys. And that's not a bad thing. So I'm coming around to it more. When you look at Bader, better chance that he hits for a higher average, of course, better defender, and brings more value on the bases. Taylor is good, not great defensively, but he's under control. Uh, and you know, he has better pop. Like his career slug is 451. His career isolated power is 212. Really good numbers, numbers that Bader is nowhere close to. So I I like the upside of both these guys, the floor of both of these guys. And I think overall, what you just did is you added a lot of depth to that outfield. So if Starling Marte actually can't get on the field, all right. Well, now you got a really defensive-minded outfield, and you have major leaguers filling those spots instead of Trace Thompson, the guy on a minor league deal. So I, I like that side of it. Also, Starling Marte could be the DH on this team. If they wanted to, they could get him off his feet a little bit, slide him into that DH role. And, you know, their lineup will be better defensively. Offensively, there's still questions. If you're running out a lineup that has Taylor and Bader in it, and that's your eight, nine hitters, and then you're really putting pressure on guys like Brett Beatty to be above average offensive contributors. Because if he's not, and then you have to go to Joey Wendell at third base, now you're looking at a third of your lineup that's just not going to give you that much value offensively. What I wanted to do is look at a left-handed and right-handed lineup, or you know, facing a lefty, facing a righty, with what the Mets currently have. So Nimmo's leading off either way. Versus lefties, he'd be in left field. Versus righties in center. That's because Bader's going to start against left-handed pitching. You got Marte. I'm just putting him in the two-hole, playing right field for now. Got Lindor at short, Alonzo at first. That's all going to stay the same. McNeil at second. Alvarez at catcher in both. Okay, so all that's the same. Look at the bottom three. It could either be Vientos at DH, and it should be against left-handed pitching, or DJ Stewart against right-handed pitching, or Vientos could be the everyday DH currently, which is giving a lot of responsibility to Vientos and Beatty, who'd be next in the lineup at third base, to man two of these spots every day. So this sign does not necessarily fix that unless it pushes DJ Stewart or Starling Marte into more of a DH role. It does give you more options, but there's still a lot of pressure on those two guys. Center field in that last spot would be Bader against lefties. Against righties, it'd maybe be Taylor or Stewart playing left. So it's just a matter of how they're going to cycle playing time with all these guys because you still probably got to play Bader against some right-handed pitchers. So it's just figuring all that out. And I just look at the offensive side of things, and there's still only four bats that I feel great about. Nimmo, Alonzo, Lindor, and McNeil. Marte. I think there's a good shot at him bouncing back. That's why I spoke about it on the show this morning. Alvarez, I do believe he's going to give you a lot of power. I think he'll be a little more consistent than he was last year, but he's still in his second big league season, so you can't expect too, too much. You can't say he's the fifth hitter for sure behind Alonzo. And then beyond that, I just have a lot of questions. And signing Harrison Bader didn't really solve any of those questions. Now, they could be without Harrison Bader in the same situation that they were yesterday, the one that I spoke about on the show this morning, which is clearly a worse team. Harrison Bader makes the Mets better. There's no question. 
And I do understand the line of thinking of let's just get some good defenders out there. So if nothing else, you know, with this rotation, if we're just sort of getting back end options who are going to be starting in, you know, behind Sanga and Katana and Severina, hoping he has a bounce back. If they're just looking at nothing but you know, back end rotation arms to, to fill the rest of those starts. And you're thinking a lot of balls are going to be put in play. It does make sense to be as good as possible defensively. But can this lineup consistently score four runs? It's putting a lot of pressure on Marte to bounce back, putting a lot of pressure on Vientos and Beatty to be really good offensive players this year. But what if they sign J.D. Martinez? What if they sign Jorge Soler? What if they sign Justin Turner? Are the Mets still in the market to sign a DH with this move? Because when it comes to winning this year, that would mean a lot. When it comes to your goals long-term, I get a little bit confused. So I want to explore sort of that split in my brain on where the Mets are at right now. So we'll get to all of that in just a minute. First, though, another word from our sponsors. Now, if we assume that DJ Stewart and Mark Vantos are going to be on the opening day roster, the New York Mets are done adding position players because they got in the outfield, Brandon Nemo, Starling Marte, Harrison Bader, Tyrone Taylor, and DJ Stewart. That's five. In the infield, they got Pete Alonzo, Jeff McNeil, Francisco Lindor, Brett Beatty, and then Joey Wendell. It's five more. Gives you 10. You got Mark Vientos at DH slash third base. You got Omar Nervais and Francisco Alvarez behind the dish. That's 13 position players. You're going to have either an eight-man bullpen and a five-man rotation or a six-man rotation, seven-man bullpen. Either way, you're going to have 13 pitchers. So the Mets would be done. But they do have some roster flexibility on two of those guys. And that's Vientos, who has options. Technically, Beatty does as well. If Mark Vientos can prove he can defend at third base in spring training and can win that job, maybe it is Beatty in AAA. I just kind of strongly doubt that one. Now. DJ Stewart also has an option. So you can plant those guys in AAA, and then you need depth. So as soon as an outfielder gets hurt, you know, Stewart could be up theoretically. Or if Beatty got hurt or a DH option got hurt, Vantos could be up. So that is something the Mets could consider. Now, if you were to say Stewart's the one in AAA, well, your outfield is Marte Nimmo and then a timeshare between uh, Bader and Taylor. It makes a lot of sense to me. I think DJ Stewart brings more offensive potential than Bader or Taylor, but defensively your team makes sense. Playing time makes sense. Vientos is your DH. You're not blocking the growth of some young players that could be really important to you and Mark Vientos and Brett Beatty. I get the long-term vision. I get how the Mets are winning in the short term. It, It all comes together in a lot of ways. And maybe that's what they ultimately do. But if you're trying to win in 2024, I think that Stewart is a better hitter than some of the guys that be on the big league roster. So let's say Stewart's up, Vientos is down. Now Stewart's your DH, and I do think maybe uh, early on, you'd in a vacuum, say Stewart is a better hitter at the big league level than Mark Vientos because he's had more opportunities and he had a larger period of success last year than Vientos did, which was just six home runs down the stretch. But 
Vientos has the way higher ceiling. So there's that conundrum you're already in with where the roster's at. And that's, again, if you had to add somebody. But now who would you be adding? If you add one more player, who is it? Now, it could be Gio Rochella at third base. That's a very Bader-esque signing in the sense that it's a defensive first guy. So, again, you're improving run prevention. Urshela could be your starting third baseman if Beatty isn't able to hold down that position. That would maybe necessitate moving Beatty down. But regardless, it, it gives you some coverage. But offensively, it's, again, another piece that's not really an impact add. So now maybe you just go more towards a DH. Let's say the Mets sign J.D. Martinez. Now, Mark Fientos, you got to stash him in triple. That's it. He's out of sight, out of mind at that point. But your team, to try to win this year, actually starts to look really good. J.D. Martinez can hit behind Pete Alonso in that lineup, be your everyday DH. Now, it's going to be harder to cycle guys like Starling Marte, Alonso, uh, Nimmo, guys that could be cycled through the DH spot if you didn't add a DH. A little bit harder to do that than just taking some at-bats away from Vientos. You're going to sign J.D. Martinez to be in the lineup. So it does remove some of that flexibility, but everybody else can play the field really well. So it, it, it would make a lot of sense in that respect. D.J. Stewart's just a bat off your bench, but also a guy that you know, could still push Bader and, and Taylor to the bench a little bit in left field or even in right field on Marte if Marte's not healthy. So the overall team... Looks a lot better for 2024 if they go out and they get a proven DH. That would also make someone like Vientos expendable. Also of note, Omar Nervaez wants to go somewhere we can play more. So the Mets are potentially going to move him. Now, it's pretty simple how to fill that spot. Tomas Nito is on a minor league contract now for $2 million and change. He just gets added back onto the 40, and he's your backup catcher. No harm, no foul. If you can get anything of value for Nervaez by eating his salary, he's got $7 million on a on this was a player option. Eat $5 million of it, and he's got $2 million that you're sending out. I think there's teams that'd be interested. And I also would consider the fact of maybe packaging Nervaez with another player to get a pitcher. So let's just say the Marlins want a better catcher, and they decide Omar Nervaez would look nice at $2 million. We also would love to have Mark Vientos be our DH. Well, now maybe you can get in the market for someone like Edward Cabrera and get a high upside arm that you can add to your rotation who's young and under control. That's a possibility. Now, the Marlins might not you know, want Vientos. They might want more. They might value Cabrera differently. They also might want a different piece added along with it. So let's just say they wanted Tyrone Taylor. You do have more expendable options. I think the Mets are going to keep the outfield core as is. I don't think DJ Stewart has a lot of value on the trade market. I think they like Tyrone Taylor as a fourth outfielder under control at that dollar amount. I think Bader is a, for one, insurance policy in center and right, as far as not that he's going to play right field, but insurance on the health of Nimmo and Marte. He's a guy that's a great defender, and that just is part of the initiative of this franchise. And he's going to just raise the overall you know, competitive level of the team. He's a good big leaguer. But the back concerns with him continue to trickle throughout this lineup where I just don't know if they have enough offense. But I also still have that part of me that says, let the kids play. Let Vientos and Beatty go 
so that you maybe find that offensive upside. But if they don't hit, then your season is you know potentially in the tank. So it, it's just so many things the Mets are trying to balance, and we'll get a better understanding of this move if there is a subsequent move. If they add a DH, that's going to clear up a lot of things. If they sign Justin Turner, that's going to make a lot of sense, and that's going to maybe necessitate a follow-up move, whether it's just optioning a guy down or trading somebody. This is a good signing. It's a one-year deal. You can never be mad at a one-year deal for a guy that does a couple of things tangibly well. Crushes left-handed pitching, great defensive center fielder. You can work with that. But how much he plays, how much these other guys plays, how all the pieces fit together, I am more confused about what the Mets team looks like in 2024 after this signing than I was before it. But that's just because they have more options. And having options is not a bad thing. Having depth is not a bad thing. And so if you can afford to sign a guy like Bader on a $10.5 million deal, you bring a New York native back. I mean, he was with the Yankees for most of the last, I guess he got traded. We get traded in 2022. So had about a full calendar year with the Yankees altogether. Um, Now he goes to the other borough. And he rejoins his college teammate, Pete Alonso. I think it's a fun signing in a lot of respects. And I think Mets fans are going to love the guy, honestly. When you watch him make those diving catches in the outfield and the energy he plays with, fans are going to gravitate towards him too. But it just makes me more and more curious what is next. Your move, David Stearns. What else are you going to do? That's going to be all for today's edition of Locked On Mets. Appreciate all of you who tuned in. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, trying to make a push to 8,000 subs. So appreciate all of you. Subscribe, rate, uh, review, follow wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, follow me on X at Finkelstein Ryan. If you want to be a Locked On Mets insider, you can find a link in the episode description. If you're watching on YouTube now, head over to Locked On Sports Today, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel covering everything in the world of sports with our local experts from each team and our league-wide experts from each league. You can find Locked On Sports Today streaming on YouTube. 24-7.